Welcome, folks, to the preeminent Great Lakes Shipwreck Podcast, the Getcha Goomy Guys. Yes, that's right, the Getcha Goomy Guys. That's right, Ben. The legend lives on from the Chippewa down to the two guys they call Getcha Goomy. This 26,000-pound podcast... No, excuse me. This 26,000-ton podcast is a real heavy hitter when it comes to the icy November weather of the Great Lakes. Yeah, twas the witch of November come stealing, Ben. <laughs> if you, I just now discovered this. Uh, by the way, this is the Trelure Blazures podcast. I'm Ben Moon, joined by Nick Kelly. Hello. And we, uh, so I was recently introduced to this uh, shanty. It's basically a sea shanty, but it's a lake shanty, I guess you could call it, about the wreck of the Edmund Fitzgerald. Yeah, a lot of people. It's Gordon Lightfoot's kind of a kind of a one-hit wonder. Uh, his his song about the Edmund Fitzgerald. Uh, everyone in the Midwest knows it. Everyone on the on the Great Lakes, I should say. I don't know about people in those land lover states, but uh, everyone in, on the Great Lakes knows this song. Uh, and everyone everyone on the Great Lakes also has sort of a Stockholm syndrome with this song, where we recognize that it's extremely long. And and so there's no chorus, like a, no chorus. Yeah, there's like a joke version that we all sing, and like everyone up here has the same joke, and it's and they died 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 and they're dead now, because it's like a really long song just about this ship sinking. Yeah, I like it though. I like it. It's it's like to me, it's like the northern equivalent of Dixieland delight. Like everybody at Alabama games sings that song, um, and and knows the lyrics and all that kind of stuff. But uh, but my coworker who is who's in Michigan, um, he he's like I asked him if he knew. He's like, of course, I'm from Michigan. Yeah, it's <laughs> <was> like okay. <laughs> Everyone up here acts like they're like, oh yeah, Edmund Fitzgerald. It's so long, and they make fun of it. Everyone up here knows every single word and will join in if it starts because everyone yeah. likes it, but they're embarrassed a little to like it <laughs> don't be embarrassed i want to learn the, the lyrics to it uh i like it uh it does need a chorus though i feel like it needs a chorus uh well but sea shanties Gord- don't really have gordon courses. lightfoot is dead so we can't get him to <laughs> record one i need you to redo this gordon yeah. uh well nick we have uh, we've taken two weeks now since our last recording and uh because we, we're doing stuff you that's, know that's yeah. correct this is this is a hobby podcast, okay? Well, we did provide a, a paid episode last week, so I don't feel too bad about it. There was a Patreon one. Yeah. Although I don't make any money off the Patreon, I don't think you make any money. It just it covers the hosting fees. Yeah. So far, I'm I so far it's working to pay me back for all the money that I've spent because yeah, I okay. have I have I pay the hosting fee and it's 108 dollars a year, so. Uh, I've made back almost the first three so far. So I got nineteen, okay. twenty, and I'm almost at twenty-one. So Great. it's so it's it'll overtake itself soon. Yeah, sure. It's 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 compound interest. It's free real estate. That's hey, right. Hey, it's free real estate. Well, uh, so I have watched quite a few things since we last spoke, but and you've watched some things here too. What we done watched. Okay. I've been binge watching Star Trek The Next Generation. I'm already so in season five. So good. Uh, I watched my favorite episode so far today, which is Darmok, which is about the Tamarians, who are my favorite because Kayshawn is one of my favorite Lower Decks side characters. 
because I like the way they talk. Uh, you know, Shaka when the walls fell. Shaka know. when the walls. They speak in metaphor. Carno when his mind was fogged. So I like that. Uh, and this watching Picard figure it out and like how to communicate was really, really cool. So that was my favorite one so far. Uh, I went to see the Marvels in the theater and you did also. Yes. I really enjoyed it. Yeah, that was a lot of fun. Uh, it does not deserve the hate that it gets, but people don't like women. So that is, yeah. See, here's the thing. You can try and tell me if you don't like Captain Marvel or Ms. Marvel and all of these things that you're not a neckbeard, but I will think you're a neckbeard. <laughs> like, there are probably people who legitimately aren't neckbeards and don't like this movie, but I will never, I will never accept that. You will all, it, it's, I can't. I just, everyone who doesn't like it is neckbeards. It's like yeah. people who don't like She-Hulk act always online like the bad guys from She-Hulk, the Intelligentsia guys. Oh yeah, yeah, that's it. It's it was a little bit of a mixed bag, you know. I think that I think it has like eighty four or eighty five percent or something on Rotten Tomatoes audience score. Yeah. Um, I don't think it is quite that high. It's certainly not as low as the critic score. I think it's probably more for me like an eighty. Yeah, the critic score is still. It's not rotten. People on the internet are acting like it's got a rotten tomato. It doesn't. I, I, I don't respect the internet. Yeah, I mean, uh, unless they give me really funny memes, and then I'm like, you, you're batting a thousand, internet. And it's still better than Iron Man three, the worst Marvel movie. <laughs> there's some really fun stuff that happens in this movie, and there's some really good one-liners from Miss Marvel that I really liked. Yeah, I it, I think it works best when it's a sequel to Miss Marvel. Like when it follows yeah. that storyline. Yeah, I think so. She yeah. she had the best lines. There was uh, this is not really a spoiler, um, but there there's one line where um, it, this is meta for me where uh, she says we have our heading, and like all those Disney promos, they always start with the we have our heading, yep. and then they play the um, Robin Hood uh, Prince of Thieves song theme song. Yep. Um, and so like, I was like, Oh my gosh, I was like, surely they, that's what they meant. Right. Like it was from that. I should think so. Cause it, that's Johnny Depp, uh, uh Captain Jack Sparrow. Yeah. I, she would quote that too. Yeah. She, that's, that's the thing. She would quote that. Right. So also um, in terms of like stuff from the comics, uh, Aladna from straight from the comics, that whole planet where they have to sing, uh, and, and Carol in the comics can't sing good. So she's kind of like on thin ice always on that planet so she's always out of tune uh brie can sing though so they had to have her yeah. sing a little she can sing uh because she was um she, was, she sang in um uh, scott pilgrim yep she was uh my favorite in scott pilgrim of his exes uh and we'll talk a little bit more about Ramona's scott pilgrim uh, th- th- that's right uh we'll talk a little bit more about scott pilgrim in a little bit uh i will say this i thought that um carol danvers costumes in this movie were phenomenal oh yeah uh she wore three different kind of costumes if you count the dress yeah each one of them was absolutely gorgeous oh my god her in that dress bro yeah no she's great knockout um ms marvel's homemade costume from the show is better than her over designed (sighs) space suit 
hundred percent. And I understand what they're doing. It was supposed to be like the Kree bio suit from the comics that she gets later. Oh, I didn't know that. Okay, but that's a brief thing that she has, and then it turns evil because it's got an AI. <laughs> oh, <laughs> that's a very comic book thing to happen. Oh yeah, yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah. Her, her, the one her. I guess her mom made it. Yeah, yeah. That's the best one, man. It's like so classic. Yep, it looks just like the comic one. You just just like it the the dark suit uh the darker suit the last i guess the last suit that uh that carol gets i call that I just, the marvell suit the marvell suit i loved the colors on it like the really dark matte co- colors yeah god it looks so good they've been just doing such great comic accurate stuff they really have so anyway i recommend going see this in the theater yeah i loved it i thought it was great and the post credit scene was extremely exciting yeah just eat your popcorn when they're talking when when they're talking about this this you know quote unquote sciency stuff and and it's like kind of ridiculous. Just eat your popcorn, you like know? you've been doing since all films started. They're trying to tell a story. Just let them tell a story. Can you let yeah. them t- with women in it? Can we tell a story with women in it, please? Yeah. Come on, come on, come on, come on. Come on. Uh, anyway, what else have you watched? I watched Loki. I finished. Because Loki season two ended. One of the best finales of anything I've seen. I've heard that. Yeah. Uh, one of the coolest. And, and the, in terms of imagery and like symbolism and character growth, it was very, very satisfying. Yeah. Uh, and I watched Mission Impossible Dead Reckoning Part 1 on 4K Blu-ray. Um, what well, would you think about that? I got I got some thoughts on that. Haley Atwell. Okay. Thought Haley Atwell. One. God. Is it, let me ask you this. Was it not gratuitous? Oh, everything, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Just shots of her face, it's like gratuity. Yeah, it's gratu- like, gratuitous. Absolutely. Uh, but not only Haley Atwell. Vanessa Kirby. Vanessa Kirby. Rebecca, Rebecca Ferguson. Ferguson. Yeah. Pom Clementif. Yeah. Pom was insane, though. Her character was nuts. <laughs> no, she was nuts, yeah. She like, hardly ever said anything except for like one or two French words here and there. Right. Uh, great great car chase the, yeah okay so the car chase in this movie is and i mean this in a good way the weirdest car chase i've ever seen the most yeah. bizarre car chase yeah it it was it, it kept getting better and weirder as it went i love that i th- I felt like the plot was very time relative like relevant with the evil ai <laughs> <laughs> yeah so that was good <laughs> yeah yeah, I know. I like. I love these movies, the Mission Impossible movies. So I, I was yeah. fully into it the whole time. They're they're great. Like you, when you know what you're getting into, just to go and enjoy it, man. It's a stunt showcase. I kept thinking, I wonder if the British are upset that we do this better than they do because these Mission Impossible movies are better than James Bond movies. Yeah, the only thing I would say that kind of comes close to this is uh, the Man from Uncle, which was really good. Yeah, the Guy Ritchie one. The Guy Ritchie. I first of all. I'm ready for Guy Ritchie. I like Guy Ritchie a lot. I do too. Yeah, I, I would just, like another Sherlock Holmes from him. Um, there is. Um, did we talk about this? Isn't on our news. Um, the, Nintendo is making a Zelda movie. Oh yeah, we we'll, we got to talk about that. We got to talk about that. Um, we're talking about that in a minute, but I, I, I just, let me just pose it right now so you can get this thing, as you're listening to this. Get your juices flowing. Uh, a Guy Ritchie made Legend of Zelda. I would have said no one would ever make that, but then they had him direct Aladdin for Disney, so you never know. Yeah, and you know he did. He's done a um, like a fantasy, you know the 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 uh, 
King Arthur movie that we love, yep. Legend of the Sword. Yep, we underappreciated. Underappreciated. Really, really killer soundtrack too. Yeah. Um, okay, so I um, so I also watched Loki. Um, I watched the first episode. People told me that it. Oh, I heard somebody say it's kind of a slow start, and then it, and by the end, it's like amazing. People also told me that about Ahsoka, and I just want to say everybody's wrong. Yeah. Okay. First of all, you're you're wrong. Ahsoka was good from start to finish. I was riveted in every episode, starting from the beginning. So don't tell me that that people that said that you're wrong. Agreed. Uh, Loki, the first episode, had some of the best writing and acting um, that I've seen on on Disney Plus in a while. I loved it. I was like. I can't wait wait to watch the next episode. It main in my opinion, it maintains the whole second season. Like it's that's so great. It's Loki's. I think, I think Hawkeye's still my favorite, but Loki is yeah. definitely almost tied with it, if not tied. Yeah, I was, I was, you know, I was looking forward to this season and like, yeah, I'm, you know, because I I really liked the the first one, and I ended up liking that first episode way more than I thought I would. Yeah, it's great. Um, the, the just the the vibe the tone the look the props the the everything the, the, like it was like a, it was like the whole package it felt like a movie the kehoi kwan kehoi kwan <laughs> it felt like a movie so i'm i'm really excited about going through it and i'm not binging i'm just kind of like savoring it yeah that's what you should do and that's what i did with ahsoka and i did ahsoka right um you know i finished it yeah. um man i love it i love that thrawn yep um the his, the design of everything on on Peridia. <sighs> It's so it was so good. It was just really good. I just loved it. Um, I, I want them to make more, and I, I think season two is up in the air if they're going to do it or not. I don't know how popular was this. Do we have ratings or anything? People were saying at first that the ratings were low, but then they were they were wrong about how they were doing it, and then I guess it was like twice what news outlets were saying originally. Oh, so it, it was doing well. Well, I hope it does. I I absolutely loved it. Um, I watched Prey. That is okay. I got. Let's talk about Prey. I love Prey. Yeah, it was great. Yes, it was great. And it was weird because you know, like you expect some gore in a Predator movie, right? Yep. But if this is gonna sound weird, but like if you could tastefully do gore, that's how it did it. Mm -hmm. It was like the first one. It was about the same level as the first one. Yeah, yeah. I think that's about right. Um, I did. I didn't at any point go like. I can't, this is gratuitous and I can't watch it. It was like, no, this is probably how it would be if this thing was here. Yeah. You know? Uh, Amber Midthunder, extremely strong protagonist. Yeah. Oh, she's great. Yeah. Her and her dog. Uh, yeah. It's, there's an Easter egg uh, that, that pistol is the one that the Predator chief gives Danny Glover at the end of Predator 2 when he kills the, the jungle or the urban Predator. Uh, so there's like they'll probably come back and be like some sort of further predator in the past movies. Okay. Um, I hope I think this did really well, right? Yeah, yeah. And it was reviewed really well. And I think we talked about in the past like how we would love to have like an ancient Japan, like feudal Japan predator movie, right? Yep. yep. Um, after seeing this, I'm like, oh, I want that even more. Literally, I loved it. the only criticism that i have the only thing that would make it better is if they sh- shot it speaking comanche which they did think 100%. of afterwards <laughs> like dan trachtenberg said he didn't think about that until a- like after 
they finished so then what they did was they put a comanche dub and then he's like if i could start over i'd do it in comanche he's like i didn't think of it that um that would i that you're exactly right yeah when i when i was watching there was no subtitles for the french when the french guys were speaking is that how it was filmed yeah because you because naru couldn't understand them so you couldn't understand them i think i loved that did you not love that oh i did love it because I was like, this has to be on purpose, and I like that I don't know what they're saying. Yep. I like it when – so there's – it's like in books when you have, like, an omniscient narrator and then, like, a unreliable narrator or first-person narrator. It's like yeah. I like to not know things that the the protagonist doesn't know as I, much I as possible. Yeah. Because uh, then you get surprised. Like they Yeah. Do. So – um yeah so i watched uh ghostbusters it's just a perfect movie i watched it like you know around halloween yep. it's great um i watched i haven't finished it but i started watching robot jocks <laughs> yeah um it's not great no <laughs> it's not great um but i'm glad i like sort of watch it and i will go back and finish it um i think the trailer probably is like better than the movie right oh for sure yeah um I, i've been watching gamera that anime I, I've, I've kept watching that yeah um it does a lot of th- things right for a kaiju movie and then there's like the protagonist these are these kids that i don't care about so you always get those yeah, you in, always get in one of the old gamera movies that's a mystery science theater there's this thing where they, they always say like a million times like gamera is friend to all children <laughs> <laughs> Um, what's the uh, Love and Monsters? Remember that movie, Love and Monsters? Yeah, I haven't seen it though. Oh, you never saw it? No. Oh, I think that's one of the best ways to do kaiju stuff. Is like uh, the protagonist has to go from point A to point B, and uh-huh. you're just you're along with them along that adventure. That is good. Um, from the you know ground level, so I I, I kind of like that. You need you've got to go see that. It was really good. Um, I watched that Godzilla versus Megalon short on YouTube, like you said. Yeah, so they it's put great. it out for the 50th anniversary, which Godzilla versus Megalon is my favorite old Godzilla movie because it's got Jet Jaguar in it and Megalon's right. cool. Yeah. So there's a lot of stuff happening this year for that. Like SH Monster Arts is finally making a Jet Jaguar figure, so I'm going to get that. And then hopefully they make Megalon as well. Yeah. Um, I. You know, I'm getting a new 3D printer that can do, like, big stuff. And yeah. so if they ever do, like, an updated, um, like, live-action Jet jet Jaguar stuff, uh, we'll make one. Oh, absolutely. That'd be cool. Uh, and then the last thing, uh, Star Trek, the animated series, uh, the triple one, the triple episode. Excellent. Watch that. Yeah. And that is it. That's all we done, had watched, folks. And now that brings us to some new news. This is the Dumb Dudes News Network. Yeah, we actually have some news items. Uh, this is actually a packed episode. It man. is. Yeah, there's no video game section. Uh, we're yeah. going to skip that. But there's yeah. enough stuff in the main section mm-hmm. uh, that we don't need to. But uh, the actor strike is over. Hooray. Right. Yay. Yay. We can start to get news and updates and not live in an eternal dregs land. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, it's not as great as I thought it was going to be. They're they're not going to get paid for streaming rights or whatever, but they are. They got an eleven percent raise. Working actors got an eleven percent raise. Yeah, I mean, that's the most they've gotten in for like forty years. Yeah. So, hopefully, hopefully it gets better for them. I don't know. Yeah. I don't want. 
I don't want a lot of AI movies stuff. So yeah, and they, I think they ruled that out. Like that, you, you they can't do that. So. Yeah, some of it, some protections, some are yeah, less yeah. than they should be, and some are. Yeah, I agree. There was some, definitely some compromise, right? Yeah. So. Yeah. Um, Marvel's got a $47 million opening weekend, so not quite as good as hoped. No, it, it it's not making a lot of money, which is sad because it's it's fun and good. Yeah, it's which worth is, getting you know, the money back. Yeah, it's worth, it's very, you know, it's better than a lot of movies that I've seen recently. Yeah, uh, but that is, but the, the other news is that it's not the only thing not doing great. Um, that Ballad of Ice and Birds. <laughs> songbirds and monsters songbirds and ice monsters what is it i think Song- it's that exactly hunger songbirds. games catching salt or something or hunger games catching uh birds salt birds, salt birds. That's it. <laughs> catching salt, salt birds <laughs> catching salt birds and ice monsters yeah songbird of fire and ice yeah hunger birds of throne <laughs> <laughs> hunger birds <laughs> hunger birds <laughs> hunger birds <laughs> <laughs> so yeah the hunger birds didn't make any money and trolls three didn't make any money and That's nothing did. the only things that made any money this year were barbenheimer is that the only thing like yeah? guardians of the galaxy did good but it didn't do as good as projected and uh spider verse 2 did good but not not like earth shattering i would have thought that would have done really well just with like word of mouth and like previous you know how that movie kind of came out of nowhere and everybody was like oh it's great yeah i don't know nobody went to the movies this year yeah really um okay well there's that um the other thing too um uh destin daniel cretton yep who was the director of shang chi yep who was tied to the Kang Dynasty. What is the Kang Dynasty? Was that the Avengers movie? Yeah, that was supposed to be the next Avengers. Was Kang Dynasty and then Secret Wars. Uh, so yeah, Destin Daniel Cretton is not going to direct it anymore because they t- they asked him to direct it orig- originally, but he is still going to direct uh, Shang Chi's sequel. So he's still like working with them. He just uh, stepped off of that one, and it might be because they're retooling the whole movie. Uh, possibly due to Jonathan Major's controversies. Yeah. I love that Shang-Chi, man. Yeah, it's great. It's great. He's a good director. Um, yeah. Whatever okay. they do, I would like Secret Wars to be more Hickman-y than Kang-based. Yeah. Like, Kang has yeah. nothing to do with Secret Wars. It's Secret... Jo- Jonathan Hickman's Fantastic Four through Secret Wars is the best thing Marvel has done in the comics that I've read. Like it's the best written uh, plot line through like through line, and just like try and do Secret Wars like that. Yeah, but whatever they do, I'm sure I'll be on board. I like all of their stuff. And this is I I'm going to st- stay. I'm like stuttering here. I'm going to stay very far away from spoilers in my next statement. Okay, we know of two directions that Marvel is going in based on what we saw in the Marvels. Yep. Okay. And I like those two directions. I still think Midnight Suns would be the best direction, but they're not going to do that. So these other two directions, I think, are good. Don't you? I think they might do Midnight Suns. The tagline in Eternals where Blade was talking to Black Knight, Kit Harrington, that was Midnight Sunsy. Blade's in the Midnight Suns. I really want Blade to happen in a, in the right way, in the good way. Yeah, there. I think that will happen. 
They're not going to hold went. back on it, and so it'll probably be rated R. Uh, yeah. and, and we'll get Mahershala. Yeah, Mahershala Ali. And they're rewriting it because he said it wasn't good enough, so they're not just going to put out a subpar blade. Uh, and I think maybe Kevin Feige's like, okay, I'll I'll put the band hammer down on some of this stuff. So yeah, yeah, I think they're reworking some stuff, which they should. Yeah. They should. They should. Yeah. Uh, last piece of news we have is also Marvel related, um, and that's Pedro Pascal has reportedly been in talks, um, or has he been cast as Reed Richards? Yeah. So all of there's been so much fan- Fantastic Four is my thing. I'm gonna say Fantastic Four is my main thing that i read i have 800 million fantastic four comic books that's a Uh, lot of millions yeah and that's not even an exaggeration i literally have that uh fantastic four is my favorite they just never do a good movie of it um but now they're i feel like they're thinking about it enough where they're like we they understand it has to be good because it's gonna have to they need a new flagship with iron man being dead and stuff like that so they need like a a core a strong core and the fantastic four is the only reason the marvel comics still exists because they put them on the map that was their first success so it carried them all the way through it's the best comics hickman's fantastic four is the best marvel written comics of all time um reed richards is an extremely extremely complex character uh you have to be someone who can be very wholesome but also on a dime completely sinister like turn because he's a pragmatist and that is hard to play yeah yeah uh but pedro pascal i believe can do anything and do anything well so (laughs) hey he can uh put the layers on it yeah like can you imagine like just uh, like they must have been in a meeting and be like well how do we guarantee it's good and that everyone likes the casting it's like well pedro pascal he's great and and I feel like he likes to play kind of weird characters, and Reed is weird. Oh, yeah. So, uh, I really would like Vanessa Kirby for Sue. Uh, her face looks like how I feel like her, draw- her drawings of her face look. But we'll see. We'll, we'll probably get some more casting trickling out here. But, yeah. Uh, Deadline and, like, Slash Film and ComicBook.com said that he already signed on for it. And Deadline is pretty trustworthy. Okay. Well, that's great. I think it's great. Yeah, we will cover I... all Fantastic Four uh, news because it is my favorite thing. We both like And yeah. Ben likes and it. I, and, I, and I love it, yeah. Um, okay, so that is all the Dumb Dudes news that we have for you. And that brings us to the new new. New new? New 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 new. New new. Trailers. Folks, we have an Adele Dazine. The magic number. We we told you it was packed. Um, and not only that, there's other stuff after this. But uh, we're going to start it off with something that was very confusing for uh, <laughs> Nick and Ben and Missy <laughs> earlier this week. Uh, the Mean Girls trailer. The Mean Girls. Yes, Mean Girls. The same Mean Girls that you know. Yes. But a different movie. Yeah. So I, I let's not talk about the movie itself yet, but let's talk about our reaction to this trailer. This popped up. I didn't know anything about it, which first, that's weird because I usually, all I do is read movie news all day. <laughs> like, yeah. It's the only thing I do is, is pay attention to movies. It's like what I like. Hey, hey what, what's the only thing that you do? I read movie news all day. Oh, okay. Gotcha. Uh, 
Um, so like to have something like this pop out, and especially like I like Mean Girls, it's a good movie. So like, oh, it's great. I wouldn't have ignored this in passing if they were making a sequel or something. So mm-hmm. I watched this trailer, and I was like, the plot seems to be the same as the the 2004 movie, and Tina Fey wrote it and is in it, and but everyone else is different. Like, obviously, uh, Rachel McAdams is not going to play Regina George. Uh, now she's like my age. She can play my heart. Yeah, exactly. Uh, but I was like, what is this? Like a, a Gen Z remake of this? <laughs> that's what, that's all of our reaction. Like, did they make this for Gen Z and rewrite it? Now I knew, I knew that there was a musical stage version of Mean Girls. Right. And as we all did, there is no singing in this trailer at all. It turns no. out that this is a movie of the musical stage version. So it's just Mean Girls the musical. Yeah. There's there is no direct idea of that in this trailer until you know that and watch it a second time. There's a lot of background choreography going on in this trailer. So all of the clips from the trailer are from in between songs. There's no clips yeah. of any songs. Yeah. So it's really confusing when you don't expect when you haven't heard they're making a movie of the musical for this to appear and not show any singing <laughs> was confounding it was confounding we i mean I, we were driving to, i was driving to work and i was like what is going on with this i mean this is but then when we learned it i was still going like what a misleading trailer like why would they cut the trailer like this yeah cuz it looks like a remake yeah it does yeah but but a remake with all like the same writers and and some of the same actors in it like what is going on with this? Yeah, very strange. So now I understand it that it's the musical, and yeah. now it makes sense. Uh, um, but now that you know that it's a musical, like, are you interested in seeing this or? Um, I might watch it when it comes out because of my adoration for Tina Fey and her work. Uh, but like, I could watch the original one too which is great and already good, <laughs> you know? Yeah. But, you know, Busy Phillips is in this, and I really like her, so. Mm. I'm sure our house will, will watch it. Because, oh, for uh, sure. It's, yeah, we're, we're it's going to in your house. house. Yeah, for sure. Uh, Aaron Aaron will watch it for sure. Oh, yeah. Uh, and Aaron has seen the musical. Oh, well, yeah, Missy saw it too, and she was even confused by this trailer. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Very strange. Okay, so that is coming out. Um the next one here, big time uh, trailer here, Ghostbusters Frozen Empire. Yep. The plot of this is when the discovery of an ancient artifact unleashes an evil force, Ghostbusters new and old must join forces to protect their home and save the world from a second ice age. Uh, so, yeah, this starts off with everyone's like on vacation or whatever. And then there's like a cloud coming in and it freezes everything. And so you see some of the characters from Ghostbusters Afterlife and then some of the original Ghostbusters and, like, Paul Rudd and stuff. And they're, like, getting ready to bust some ghosts. The internet keeps talking about how this is based on the animated series uh, or, like, how it's like the animated series. And I don't I don't understand that. I mean, I watched a few episodes of the animated series back in the day, but, like, why is everybody making such a big deal about the animated series with this? I would have to look into that more. If I assume they're talking about the real Ghostbusters. Yeah, the real Ghostbusters. Um, I don't. Which was the name of the show? 
yeah i don't know jess might know more about that she she kind of is the ghostbusters expert that i know but uh the plot i i I get it with the plot the plot has the specific weirdness that i associate with ghostbusters where like there's some sort of like very familiar thing to this plot already like it already it feels like this is already supposed to be a ghostbusters story so i i wonder if that's what they mean with the cartoon maybe there's something similar or maybe there's a character returning from the cartoon or being adapted um maybe. but i'm just not an i'm not an expert and i'm an an official i'm not an aficionado or an expert of the ghostbusters merely an admirer yeah <laughs> there's a lot of people who really love the real ghostbusters the show and and i've seen article headlines i didn't click on it but a lot of they're like you know making this the animated series is exactly what ghostbusters needs and all this kind of stuff and i'm like okay but i guess i don't necessarily care enough to read the article but i've seen the headlines i will investigate this further in between episodes yeah. okay so anyway it's obviously uh we're gonna watch that because uh we love the Ghostbusters. I love, I love the Ghostbusters. Yeah, plus, I was a Ghostbuster for Halloween. Yeah, plus Paul Rudd. You know, uh, we got Kumail Nanjiani and Patton Oswalt in this one. Yeah. That's great. Yeah. Uh, next up, we have Avatar The Last Airbender. This is the Netflix series. Live, a- live action adaptation of Avatar The Last Airbender. Uh, visually, looks just like the show. A lot of stuff in this mm-hmm. trailer is just scenes from the show, but done live action. Yeah. Yep. Um. I love the animated Avatar. I like Korra more. I'm a Korra guy. What? Uh, they, Netflix drove away the creators of the animated series from this adaptation. So I'm not going to watch it. I will watch it in your stead. I don't think Moramir. that if, if you have creative differences with the person who made the thing originally and is the reason it's successful... You have uh, failed. Shaka when the walls fell. <laughs> I Shaka when the walls f- fell uh, to finish Witcher three. I think I only watched like of the season three, like two or three episodes. And I was like, I ain't even gonna care. start it. I don't even care. Yeah, like, I don't care. Well, don't, yeah, don't even don't, don't waste. Don't yeah, waste I'm not wasting time. my time. So I get that, but it, I will say this looks visually. It looks great. It looks great. It probably is good, but like, what happened to to separate the creators of the thing something must be wrong yeah and it's probably safe to say i'm not precious about this so i am precious about it and i I do not think that live action is an upgrade over animation and i hate when things act like that because it isn't sometimes yes sometimes it is sometimes it's not sometimes it's not even close so yeah like making it live action isn't like a step up it's if anything no. it's going to be worse because it's going to be shorter because there's only going to be 10 episodes instead of like the amount needed to tell the the story from the animated one they'll never yeah. get to Korra, which is better and i don't know i just i want more they're making more animated stuff too with the the creators so they didn't drive them all the way out of the business you know they just okay. didn't want to work on this one okay. but they are working on more animated stuff that i will be there for yeah there's like i think you make a good point like there's there's no reason to make a live action version of into the spider verse no or any of that. that was the example i was going to use uh when i thought of this originally is like the the closest live action uh to into the spider verse would be no way home and into the spider verse is a lot better than no way home 
because Into the Spider-Verse uh, might be the best comic book movie. It might be. It might be. It's so good. So I absolutely uh, you know, agree with you on your, your statement, your earlier statements on that. Yeah. Especially if it's so, an innovative <clears throat> animation, which Avatar is. So Yeah. I need to watch more of the animated the animated because uh, there's only three seasons, right? Isn't there only three seasons uh, for Avatar? Avatar? I think yeah. there's three or four because okay. there might be one for each nation. I think there's four. Okay, well, it's not that's not too big of an ask. Yeah. Uh, to go through I it, think so Cor- maybe I'll... Cora maybe has three. Hmm. Uh, I like Cora better, but that's because Janet Varney's the voice of right. Cora. Right, and you're a boy of summer. <laughs> yes. So. Uh, all right, so then next up we have a not great trailer for Aquaman 2. This is trailer number two for Aquaman 2. 2 You ever seen Doug? I did. Yeah, I did. I like Doug. Uh, our friend Brendan did a Roger Klotz costume at DragonCon a couple years ago. That was very funny because he <laughs> walked around going, funny? What's up, funny? You know, like Roger. <laughs> Fantastic. So this trailer has the energy to me of something, you know, like in SpongeBob when like there'd be like a weird live action like scene. This is like a SpongeBob movie, but it's about Aquaman. Like I honestly expect like a house to start on fire underwater in this movie. (laughs) Powdered Toast Man shows up, all the things. Yeah. There's. Speaking of uh, a fire underwater, there's a line that Mantis says that he says, "I'm going to burn his kingdom to ash." LOL, his underwater kingdom. You're going to burn it to yeah, ash. Yeah, but that's what I mean. Is like I feel like in this movie that is a possible outcome. <laughs> I don't. I just really is is uh, Amber. What's her name in this? I saw her in the trailer. So they uh, tried to keep her out of the trailer. She's like in. About, you know. She's in one frame of the trailer. She she like rushes up against a window. So I wonder if they'll kill her off or something. They probably just won't have her in the movie a lot. She's like, yeah, he's married. Hey, wife. Bye, wife. Uh, the CG is like real bad. Uh, real there's bad. a statue that he headbutts, and the statue falls over and turns into a bridge. It's the physics. DC's always been the worst at physics. This is the worst physics I've ever seen. It's so it's weird. the whole thing. It's so bad. Yeah, it's just really bad. And we have Tamora Morrison in this. Total waste of Tamora Morrison, first of all. I mean, get your get that check, buddy. Like, I'm happy for you. Yeah, but Star Wars should be paying him to be live-action Rex. Yeah, they should be. Yeah. And voicing all that. Yeah, so. He, I mean, yeah, he, did, he did. Did he do any of the voices in uh, Bad Batch? No. Uh, uh, D. Bradley Baker does the clone voices in all the animated series. Oh, okay, okay. So anyway, we're not going to see Aquaman two. I'll tell you that. No, well, okay. I might uh, on HBO just like for the lulls, uh, but like I tried to do that with Batman versus Superman twice, and I couldn't. I've never made it through that movie, so it might be too much. I did. I watched the first Aquaman in Texas with our friend Grace and Adam, and Steph was there, and uh, we were just like riffing it the whole time. So that that oh, yeah. that is the only way to watch these. I think I think you're exactly right. Yeah, I, I probably won't even riff watch. I can't. I don't know. It's it, this can't be watched alone. It would be too painful. Oh gosh, <laughs> we absolutely would. So anyway, there's that. Okay, another uh, sequel here. Um, a trailer for Inside Out Two, that Pixar movie. Yeah. So apparently, the character from the first I have not seen Inside Out. Uh, the the character from the first one, whose name is Riley, is now in her teenage years. 
So there's new emotions. And the one showcased in this trailer is Anxiety, who is voiced by Maya Hawke from Stranger Things and also the daughter of Ethan Hawke and Uma Thurman. Yeah. I, didn't, I never. You never saw the first one. I never saw the first one. I'm probably not going to see this one. I just... I just don't. Yeah, I care don't. I'm not. To. I don't feel like watching it is the problem. Yeah, there's so much other stuff. Like, remember, we were always talking about how you got to be really choosy these days, and this is choosy moms choose Jeff, and um, and this is not Jeff. Choosy next binge TNG. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so and and I, there's to me there's there's kaiju stuff that I need to watch, you know. Yeah, Monarch so. starts today too. <gasps> oh on my Apple gosh, TV. So Monarch starts today, and then this, one of the other things we're going to talk about starts today that I'm going to watch. I've got a lot to. Matter of fact, it's too much to, stuff. I need to add this. Yeah, too much stuff. Oh, uh, you have to you have to give me a second. I'm going to forget if I don't do it now, but I have my list, you know, my TV show list. Yep. And I need to add. What, what comes out? Monarch? Monarch, yep. On Apple TV. And then... Uh, yep. Got it. All right. Okay. So, um, anyway, we're not going to watch Inside Out. No. Too, okay. Uh, something else we're not going to watch, and that's the Garfield movie. Yeah. So, this is a new 2024 Garfield that I didn't even know was being made uh, that stars Chris Pratt as Garfield, which I thought was a joke the first time I saw it. Like, I thought it was, like, a joke that, like, oh, yeah, he's playing everyone, so why yeah, not put him I in? Because I saw a movie poster someone made where it was, like, Chris Pratt is Rosa Parks. Yeah. Because yeah. <laughs> he is he is overcast in things. Uh, yeah. But this, this Garfield movie... Okay, so the 90s Garfield cartoon was good. It was, like, it's nostalgically very good. Yeah. But like the Garfield comics in the newspaper are notoriously bad. Like they don't they aren't even jokes most of the time. Uh so this this cartoon kinda weird. Like where like where is this coming from? Why is Chris know, Pratt stu- Garfield? Why is Chris Pratt Garfield? Like why? They think of the money they could the studio could have saved on it being not Chris Pratt, you know? We all know what why, Garfield sounds like. Yeah. From the 90s cartoon. And it was right. Lorenzo Music, who was the voice yeah. of Garfield. And Lorenzo Music was the voice of Peter Venkman in the real Ghostbusters. And then Bill Murray, who was Peter Venkman, was the voice of Garfield in the live-action Garfield movie, thus creating a perfect circle of Garfield voices that should not have ever been interrupted with the addition of a Chris Pratt Garfield. That's... Uh, that makes it that makes incredible amount of sense, Nick yep. Kelly. Uh, well done, sir. I think we once again have solved a problem of the universe here. I think so. Um, I would have I would have ha- liked to have had even a no name voice actor who could do the voice. Yeah, just get someone who sounds like Bill Murray. Like Bill Murray would yeah. not come back and do it. No, but like someone who sounds like him could do it. Yeah, yeah. Get a get a um a great value, Bill Murray. Me. I sound more like Garfield than Chris Pratt. <laughs> you like lasagna? Like he has like that kind of like you know, you know yeah. like this. Yeah, kind of like a tired sort of lackadaisical Bill Murray voice, you know? Yeah. 
Like, did they focus test that kind of voice to kids? And kids are like, he's boring. I don't, I don't like him. I don't know. You know kids being kids being stupid. But like, this movie is for kids. Kids won't know what Garfield's supposed to sound like, nor will they care. They don't even know who Chris Pratt is. They don't care, which is why I'm like, why did you spend all this money on Chris Pratt? Like, kids don't even care. Right, it's true. And adults don't aren't going to be like, oh, Chris Pratt's in this. I got to go see it. Yeah, because he's in everything. You can see anything in Chris Pratt's in it. Yeah. I, I, listen, I'm not hating on Chris Pratt. I don't hate Chris no, Pratt. No, me neither. I, you know, um, he's good in the things he's in, but like he doesn't need to be in this. He doesn't fit. In fact, I think his strongest acting of his entire career was Guardians 3. I got chills when he started screaming when Rocket Flatland. Spoiler alert. That movie's old enough where I can say spoilers. <laughs> yeah. Uh, all right. So anyway, we're not going to see the Garfield movie. No. Okay? And we shouldn't. No, we, and you shouldn't. And what, I'll tell you what we're also not going to see is this Rebel Moon uh, Part 1. I didn't know there's a part to this, but Part 1, A Child of Fire. So I, I would not talk about this because I hate Zack Snyder and I don't want to propagate his work. But I will talk about this to point out yet again that this is a rejected Star Wars script, which offend- essentially makes this movie Star Wars fan fiction, where he changed the characters to be original characters. Oh my gosh! This, this is, uh, this is Fifty Shades of Grey. Exactly. Star Wars. Yep, you got there. That's exactly. This is Fifty Shades of Star Wars because it's Fifty Shades of Star Wars. The same oh exact scenario. It is exactly gosh. the same scenario. <gasps> Oh my goodness, you have got to be kidding yep, me. Yep, no, so uh, if you don't know, uh, Fifty Shades of Grey started out as Twilight fan fiction, and then the author changed the names to make it original characters instead of Twilight fan fiction. And that is literally exactly what this is, because it was a, a script that he wrote for Star Wars that was rejected by Disney, uh, probably because it's bad, because it's Zack Snyder. Yeah. And... Uh, now it's on Netflix. So now all the people that like Zack Snyder's Justice League are going to act like this is the best sci-fi movie ever made, even though it is derivative fan fiction. Yeah. it's And like a lot of this looked like video game footage. Like it looked like a scene from a video game, like with the anime, that computer animation and stuff. I feel like all his and stuff it, lately does. But it just, it felt like a lot of different sci-fi stuff just slapped together, like, like duct taped together. Kind of. Yes, definitely. That's it's that's because it is, you know, like it literally yeah. is. So I don't know. I I Zack Snyder against is you know it wasn't his fault, but he was co opted by by crumos, <laughs> and now the I, he's got the ick for me. Yeah, I mean I'll go to my grave saying uh, Man of Steel is great, um, but. I would like to That's just on the it. whenever you say that I have to point out that that is not the official position of this podcast as I find Man of Steel tremendously bad. Uh, I love it. So we will we will disagree. We will agree to disagree. Yeah, cuz it's cartoons. Which it's cartoons and and uh, it has no bearing on how I feel about Nick yeah. or or him uh, on me of me. That's true. So. Because we know it we're uh mature adults. And this is uh, cartoons. And this is cartoons, and we are kids who like cartoons, yeah. but we're also mature adults. Yeah. Okay, okay. We can hold both those truths in our hands. That's true. In our... All right, next up we have a Dead Boy Detectives. All right, so this is a Sandman spinoff. 
Uh, oh, I didn't know that. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Charles Rowland and Edwin Payne decided not to enter the afterlife to stay on Earth and investigate crimes that involve supernatural stuff. So, uh, death from Sandman, uh, one of the, I forget what they're called, like the Sandman and death and, and desire and all those guys. Uh, death is trying trying occasionally to catch these guys because they're ghosts that are supposed to go onto the afterlife, but they won't because they can solve mysteries and uh this is a spin-off of sandman about those characters who have also been in doom patrol played by these same two uh people and one of them being ty tennant the son of david tennant this is true of doom patrol but apparently they are played by different people in the new show is it is that a shared universe uh sandman is technically in the dc universe because it, okay. it's dc it's image comics which is owned by dc and yeah. uh one of the things DC does is it makes them it makes the authors create a, a connection to the DC universe. Like Alan Moore had to put Superman and Green Lantern in a Swamp Thing comic. So, but yeah, so it's technically a DC adjacent thing, and uh, Sandman okay. is okay. It's like a, it's a Sandman spinoff. Okay, so you're telling me that they made a Sandman spinoff, and it wasn't about the guy who is immortal that they made immortal because that was the best episode of the show it was the best episode yes and he was the best character in the show agreed and that's what the spinoff should be but they didn't do that no they started this at the same time as sandman almost so oh interesting because they were gonna do just dead boy detectives on its own and then they're like well Uh, we're gonna do sandman and they're like well we'll wait on this we'll introduce them a little in in doom patrol and test it out and one of the best episodes of Doom Patrol, so. Okay, okay. Well, that, uh, that's fine. Yeah, man. Jess knows more uh, about it, this it, than I do. Uh, she she read mm. all of Sandman, so. Uh, this, I will say the tone of this looks a little YA. It felt a little YA to me. And the older I get, the less interested I am in YA stuff. I get that um, feeling from everything Netflix makes. Yeah. Although I did like that one line, I'm I'm trying to threaten some kids. Yeah, the, yeah. The, the the lady's delivery was great. Uh, Neil Gaiman wrote for Dead Boy Detectives. That's why it's a Sandman spinoff. So I'll probably check this out. Like I check out all his stuff. So right, yeah. Uh, okay, cool. Well, it'll be there. Is this Netflix? Did you say? Yes, it it is Netflix. Okay. Uh, then next up, we have a trailer for Damsel with Millie Bobby Brown. Now, I swear that this movie gets made every year. Yeah, it has to. Yes. The plot is a dutiful damsel agrees to marry a handsome prince only to find the royal family has recruited her as a sacrifice to repay an ancient debt. Thrown into a cave with a fire-breathing dragon, she must rely on her wits and will to survive. Last year, Joey King made this movie. Uh, it was for Hulu. This year is Netflix. This is so... Yeah. Sim, like so familiar to me that I'm actually checking to see if we've covered a trailer for this before. Is this a new genre? Princess with a sword? This is a new genre? Princess with a sword sounds like it would be like a Quentin Tarantino movie. Yeah. Uh, the, is Are you talking about the one on Hulu? Is that the one where she jumps in that cylinder um, tower and like, with, and like busts through and there's all the stunts and stuff? Yes. Yeah, okay. Okay. So one That's, of the reasons that this seems so familiar is because... In episode 142, a Brendan Fraser moment, we did cover a teaser trailer for this. So, okay, this is the second trailer for this. So I'm not Which going came completely out af- insane. 
No, 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 you're not. And that came after we had that trailer of that girl that was in the tower, the round Yeah, tower, that was the Joey jumping, King jumping. one. The Joey King one. Okay. Okay. Joey King and Millie Bobby Brown are very similar British women. So, you know, yeah, this is just like a new genre. Um, yeah, Brits love a princess with a sword. This is just, apparently. you know, generic Netflix fantasy. I have, yeah. I have no interest in this. Yeah, no, it was unenticing, absolutely. Yeah. I think we can probably just move on. Yeah. To Madam Web, that's the next trailer we have here. Madam Web by Sony Pictures, in association with Marvel, as they like to put on the trailer. In association, with a lot to I have a lot to talk about with this one. Yeah, I do too. Um, I want to start. Let me let me go first. Okay. The internet, and I agree this time with the internet, is that this looks like a CW show trailer. They have put some kind of soft filter on it, and it doesn't look good. It doesn't look like a comic book. It just doesn't look like anything except CW stuff. It does so have a, that a is Riverdale a, sheen to it. Yes. A Riverdale sheen. That's what it is. This episode has so many titles it does. that it could be. But it ha- it's got that Riverdale sheen on it. and um, But I will say that almost every Sony movie has that. Yeah, I don't know why they do it. Um, also, it was a weird trailer because I'm like, she talks about her mom. Who's in the, some jungle? With I, I will spiders. be putting that clip in here. By the way, it's one of the worst line readings in the history of time. He was in the Amazon with my mom when she was researching spiders right before she died. It, it's terrible, but her mom is taking a photo. Of, I'm, I'm assuming of a spider, and it's an old, old Nikon film camera from like the early '80s, late '70s. And I'm like, is this a period piece? Yes, it I, is. This girl's not that. Oh, it is a period yeah, it piece. Takes when does it place take place? In like 2003. Okay, well then that okay, that I guess that makes sense cuz digital cameras really didn't come on the scene yep. until mid late 90s I think. Yep. So Actually, okay. whatever year the PSP came out, that's when the year it takes place in. Wow. Okay. But it is it is a period piece because I think okay. the plot uh is so Adam Scott plays Ben Parker in this and I believe the plot is similar to Terminator where instead of John Connor they're trying to do something that allows Peter Parker to live and grow and become Spider-Man. Uh, I believe it would be Tom Holland's uh, Spider-Man. So they're protecting him in the past to make sure that he lives to save something in the future. And uh, Madam Web, who is a clairvoyant, uh, who can see the web of, what was it called in the comics? The web of life and whatever from the spider-verse comics uh and she's like recruiting spider women so i saw anya corson who's one of my favorite spider people from the spider-verse comics she's aranya uh she's from like a weird spider cult and uh julia carpenter who's the west coast avengers spider woman after jessica drew uh and then i i think the other one was maddie franklin but they never say her name in the trailer oh okay celeste o'connor is maddie franklin uh, I'm looking at the cast list now. Uh, and, and and the reason that I was able to say that and get it correct is because the suits that they show snippets of are so comic yeah. accurate that I will actually give this movie a fair shake. Now, what will probably happen is I will go and see this and that will be some sort of future flash forward thing in, in it for three seconds. <laughs> you know? Like at the yeah. end of the movie, she'll have a vision and show them in their in their comic accurate suits, and they never actually will wear them, and then I'll be upset. But 
those three like Sydney Sweeney in this Julia Carpenter suit in this is incredible. Like it looks great. It's a gorgeous suit. I love Julia Car- Julia Carpenter is the first person to have the black and white spider suit, which is in my opinion the coolest looking Spider-Man suit. Like Spider-Man when he uh formed his suit with the symbiote did so because he was picturing Julia Carpenter's and that's canon in the comics. Oh, and okay, interesting. But if, if she's the if she's the spider if Jessica Drew the, well no, let me we'll we'll talk about that in a minute. Um so in the comics because the the symbiote suit first appeared in what year was it when the first symbiote suit? Um it was the first Secret Wars. The not Hickman's but the first one the Ramita Secret Wars. Spider-Man two, no, Spider-Man number two fifty-two. Uh-huh. The first appearance of the symbiote, um, the spectacular Spider-Man number ninety, and Marvel Team Up one forty-one released concurrently, all in nineteen eighty-four. Okay, yeah. So nineteen eighty-four is the first appearance. So she was before nineteen eighty-four in this black and white spider suit. Yes. Interesting. I did not know that. Yeah, she was in the West Coast Avengers before this. And you're saying that she was the second Spider-Woman? Yeah, Jessica Drew is the first Spider-Woman and the best okay, so, Spider-Woman. Right. So Jessica Drew, but in this timeline, Jessica Drew would have been Spider-Woman in like the 70s or 80s or something. Yeah. but Or 80s and 90s. The live action refuses to acknowledge Jessica Drew and instead just do things around her when she should be in things. Jessica Drew, People, if people don't know who Jessica Drew is, she's Spider-Woman. She does not have spider-man power she's not just a a woman version of spider-man she doesn't have webs she uh was not bit by a radioactive spider she was exposed to some sort of weird radiation thing from hydra she was like a weird sleeper agent for hydra she's got a really weird backstory but she's her personality is that of a very grumpy old man in a but she's like a young you know athletic girl in her 20s so she's very, very fun to read because she's so grumpy and, and like cantankerous. Uh but they won't they won't ever do anything. And then the variant in, in uh Across the Spider Verse, the Jessica Drew variant, was not at all like regular Jessica Drew. So, you know, they just won't ever do it. But Julia Carpenter is also a good character and Sydney Sweeney looked good in that suit. And Anya Corson is good. Now Dakota Johnson is a terrible actor in my opinion. Uh, so I don't think she was a good choice to lead this. Uh, and it's also extremely weird that this even exists. Nobody knows who Madam Web is. You know because you read comics. Yeah. But like, nobody knows who Madam Web is. Madam no. Webb is. And even then, she's not like a main character in comics. She's like a side character. And, and she's not even in the second. Spi- like she, she, The first one dies and passes on her uh, powers. And then this character is more designed on the second one because she's got the red jacket that she wears. Uh, but it's just so strange. And then the villain in this is Ezekiel Sims, who is also in Spider-Verse, like Dan Slott's Spider-Verse. And he's he wore the Spider-Man Last Stand suit in the comics, which is like the red jacket with the folded over front that looks like the Rocketeer's jacket. Mm-hmm. But they have like a kind of an evil Spider-Man suit in this, like a black one. Yeah, he just... He's just like an evil Spider-Man. So I don't... I That's kind of confusing with what I know of Ezekiel Sims, so I'm not going to speculate too much on what he's up to. Just because in the comics, uh, he's not he's not a villain. 
Although he is a, a weirdo who causes problems. Because he is a Spider-Man variant. But... I don't know. Okay. I don't know. I'm so curious. I'm so curious about this movie. I honestly, what I would like to see more than this movie is like the backstory of how this got made. Yeah. Like from from idea, I screw who wrote the script, how it got to the execs, how it got greenlit, all of it. Really bizarre. Really bizarre that it exists. Yeah. Um, gonna give it a fair shake specifically because I want, I want a world. Where I have a comic accurate Julia Carpenter in a spider suit like that. And Anya Corson. Sure. Aranya. Yeah. Yeah. All right. When does it come out? Is it this year? February 14th. Year? So Valentine's uh, Day. Oh, okay. Oh, how sweet. Uh, all right. So uh, we got two more trailers here. Um, one is, oh, it's What If Season 2. Yep. What If? Marvel What If? Yeah. So What If Season 1 was an animated show on Disney Plus that was like, what if this happened in the MCU instead? Uh, what if so-and-so did this, you know? This is more based on the what-if comics. Uh, so the first season t- ended up tying everything together with a multiverse storyline, with, like, multiversal Avengers. We had, like, Captain Carter and, uh, like, su- so- like Stephen Strange Supreme and stuff like that. Uh, this one looks like a few different stories thrown in there. We got 1602, which is a Neil Gaiman comic, which is like, what if uh, the Avengers happened in the year 1602? So it's like Renaissance Avengers. Uh, That's a good comic. Um, one of the other ones in here is, what if Hela got the t- or found the Ten Rings? And then there's a new character they created who's an, an indigenous hero. I forget her name. It's like Kaori or something. Uh, but she's a new character, so I don't know her name, you know. Speaking of uh, Native American characters, is Mir- is Mirage a Native American character? From X-Men? That's yeah. a Jess question. I don't know enough about X-Men. I keep, it's one of my favorite cards in Marvel Snap, and I don't, I'm not familiar with the character. Yeah, I, I don't. I'm afraid I don't know. Okay. Uh, I, I know uh, the Avengers side, and... And there's Echo, and that's about it. <laughs> so yeah. we can use some more. Um, so I, yeah. you know, season one was kind of depressing, like you, like you always say, um, and that that's accurate. But I really liked it, and I think it's good and well written. It's just it was such a, it was such a drain to watch sometimes. Yeah, it's like I don't, I don't enjoy watching all of the characters. I like get killed every five minutes right yeah i get that and it's not something i've gone back and watched yeah i'm actually Um, i wish x-men 97 was coming out faster than this because that should be next year x-men 97 that's what i want i'll definitely watch that no i'll watch that yeah um but i'm i am hyped for this i will say i am hyped for this yeah I'll, i'll watch it but i'm less hyped than you are okay so that's coming out Disney Plus. Uh, last thing we have here is uh, direct, direct to digital. It's Urkel Saves Christmas. Yes, Steve Urkel of Family Matters. Yeah, this is animated. Uh, the plot is Steve Urkel, after an unfortunate accident where he ridicules the mall Santa, creates an invention hoping to fix the holiday spirit with the help of real Santa. So this is an animated Urkel cartoon where Urkel saves Christmas. So it's an animated Urkel Christmas special, uh, as God always intended. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, so 
It exists. I have to watch this <laughs> just based on how much I talk about Family Matters and Urkel. Uh, yeah. It's really, really bizarre. I don't know, man. This is so weird. It's so weird. It's so weird. I don't... But it does remind me of the time that I played the Family Matters theme song and uh, Scorpion from Mortal Kombat was belting it out with his skull that head. Is, yeah, that was a great... That was a great time in our life at DragonCon. <laughs> that was a great moment at DragonCon. All right, so that is all of the new, new trailers, folks. And that brings us to the Patron Selects. That's right, because if you support us on Patreon, you get to tell us trailers you want us to cover. And now we're going to do that. We actually have four of them this week. Yeah, three of them came from Josh. He asked me if he could send more than one, and I said, buddy, you can send as many as you want. <laughs> <laughs> And he did. He said he sent several. Yep. Uh, Kevin sent us our first one, though. Yeah, The Deer Hunter. Okay. So, The Deer Hunter... <clears throat> I watched The Deer Hunter because it was on my poster of 100 movies to watch. Uh, okay, so, yeah, I saw yeah, it yeah. then. It's a movie with Robert De Niro and Christopher Walken and Meryl Streep. And uh, it takes place largely in Vietnam. But also, yep. the first hour of The Deer Hunter is a real-time Greek Orthodox wedding that you have to just watch. And it is tremendously painful to sit through. So The Deer Hunter is a three-hour movie, one hour of which a Greek Orthodox wedding. So you spend an hour at this wedding, the idea of which is that you come to be part of the group of, of De Niro and Walken, and I forget the other people that were with them, the pals, and De Niro's like a deer hunter. He's hunting at the beginning of the movie. And then they go to Vietnam and uh, get PTSD. And then Christopher Walken ends up doing uh, Russian roulette for for betting for money. And he kind of just like has such severe PTSD that he all he does is Russian roulette. And he, he never loses. So he just keeps withdrawing into himself and doing that and De Niro goes and tries to get him back it is uh the second two hours are not bad but it's also not not one of my favorite movies that was on that list of 100 movies this trailer is a bad trailer it's a weird trailer boy it's so bad all it does it's so bad in in linear progression of the plot show scenes from the movie interjected with about 75 instances of the title card the deer hunter it they just keep throwing this title card in your face and and then when the point where you're like i need this to stop which is it is it about wait maybe like a minute and 15 seconds maybe a minute you're like okay that's yeah that's enough and and this trailer goes on for another two and a half minutes yep like the movie. Like the movie. It's the Greek Orthodox wedding hour of, of trailers. And well, I did have a thought when I was like watching it and Meryl Streep showed up. I was like, you know, she looks the same. Like a little tiny bit different. De Niro and Walken aged three times as much. And I bet that's because they always make love interests uh, like 30 years younger than the, than the, the male lead. And I was like, so that's why she didn't age as much. Because everyone, like Tom, they pair Tom Cruise up with 25 year olds and he's 60. And it's like, they'll tell, they told, Maggie Gyllenhaal was once told at 37 that she was too old to play the love interest of someone who was 56. 
So, you know, Hollywood's gonna Yikes. Hollywood. Yeah. Um, yeah, so anyway, this uh this trailer, this super long trailer with this title card that is just um um offensively uh thrown in your face and the the number of times it's done is offensive, I would say. Yep. And I would number. like to now read what Kevin said about it because okay. I wanted to wait till after we discussed it. He says, sure. I stumbled across this trailer for The Deer Hunter, and I'm baffled by the decisions made in the edit. I don't know if it's an official trailer or some dumb fan edit meant to look like they taped up every scene from the movie and threw darts at them to decide which 10-second clip to show before the next, each separated by the title card. But that's how <laughs> this trailer feels. So it is the official trailer because trailers in the 70s were bad. Sure. And, uh, yeah, it's a bad trailer. But also, the movie is not one of my favorite movies. Uh, yeah. it's got a, it's, it's famous because of the ending, which is spoiler alert. Uh, Christopher Walken loses at Russian roulette. <laughs> so I, I figured it was going to be like depressing. Yes. Like depressing yeah. movie. Uh, and I understand the juxtaposition of the getting to know people at the wedding for an hour and then the horror of, of Vietnam. And, but you know, there's other movies that are better at it than this one. And it was a weird, weird yeah. movie, and it was a weird trailer. It, it, you know, better at doing that, getting you to attached to characters, and then, and then doing it uh, in a much shorter time. Hey, I'll give you an example: the movie Up. Yes, they did it in like what, like four minutes. Yes, agreed. I was crying in the first five minutes of that movie. That's the, by design, and it's better than the Deer Hunter. It's better than the Deer Hunter. It's just people that know how to tell stories better. Yeah. So, and that, and that's all that is. Yeah. Okay uh josh the first one josh sent us here is called boy this is something it's called it's literally the title of the movie is bad cgi gator yeah so this is obviously very self-aware so the plot is six college grads get a cabin in the swamplands of georgia they decide to throw their school laptops in a backyard lake in an act of youthful defiance which unknowingly turns an alligator into a dreaded and insatiable cgi creature so this is like a sci-fi original movie type thing Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a uh, bosoms and blood. Yeah. So here's the thing. I like bad movies. I do not like bad movies that are bad on purpose, like Sharknado, right, right. because it's cynical and it, and the attempt to make it bad makes it cynical and not fun for me. I don't like it. Yeah. So this no. is like that, but also this is so far into that realm that it starts to be like the movie hobgoblins which is a mystery science theater classic where it's where you start to question if there was an ulterior motive somewhere and Hmm. like the fascination with how bad hobgoblins is and the the idea that no one could have possibly (laughs) done this on purpose starts to come into play and and this is almost that but not quite it's not quite hobgoblins hobgoblins is okay. unique whereas it's the exact middle point between sharknado and an ed wood movie <laughs> but i don't even i don't know man uh, this is just too much for me yeah this i when i see something like this i always go what is what is the demographic of people who want to see this and and that like this sort of thing i you know, like I wonder what their names are, where, where they come from. from, and if they're really evil at heart, 
What lies with Rhett's London in this long march from good movies? <laughs> Would you not rather have watched The Winter Soldier in peace? <laughs> in peace. <laughs> in piace. Yeah, so. Um, so anyway, this is, I mean, the, literally the, the gator floats in front of a window. Yeah, it's not good. Like it's a, bad. It's, it's But it's really supposed bad. to be bad. But I don't know if right. that's enough because it, it's it's for it's a forced it's forced yeah, it's forced it's trying to try, you're trying to make fetch happen yeah yeah that's it that's the best way to put this um all right so but the next thing that Josh sent us I didn't know that this was coming out it, it comes out today that it, we're recording this on the seventeenth yes. November seventeenth and this comes out today and I have already added it to my Netflix queue it is called Scott Pilgrim takes off yep so this is Scott Pilgrim uh there are elements it's it's not a remake of the movie or a sequel to the movie it's just another Scott Pilgrim adaptation uh with the same voice actors as the movie for everyone Chris Evans came for back everybody. Brie Larson came back like everyone Aubrey Michael Plaza Sarah, Aubrey Plaza Kieran Culkin uh <laughs> Johnny Simmons are one of our podcast mascots uh young Neil Neil yeah. New. Uh, Mark Weber, like uh, Jason Schwartzman, like everyone is correct. Everyone's the right person. Yeah. So, which is awesome. Yeah. It's so great. Now, I, I, we sometimes talk about this where it's like I, I saw Scott Pilgrim the movie, and it wasn't my favorite. It's not my favorite Edgar Wright movie. Oh, it is mine. It's absolutely yeah, my favorite. And Edgar I, Wright. I yeah. didn't like it as much as everyone else that we know likes it. But I, ha- I need to rewatch it because I only saw it once, and I saw it when it came out, and I think I just didn't really like michael Sarah very much in no, it I, I, I can i can get that i can and get like that. i was like thought he was being kind of mean to knives <laughs> and so i was like uh, i like am i rooting for this guy i don't like him so but i did like brie larson and i sometimes listen to brie larson's song from that movie on spotify mm. nice. and chris evans is hilarious it's uh that movie is that movie 20 years old yet uh it's gotta be because i think it came out well it's no not maybe not quite 20 years old not quite because i think i was out of high school when this came out but uh yeah mary elizabeth winstead's one of the greatest human beings alive so ramona uh i get it ramona. i get it she did you did you read these graphic novels before the movie came i out? did not know okay i did and i thought it sort of captured the spirit of the graphic novels as best you could in a live action so i'm actually really excited to see this art because this art looks like the graphic novels just in color see that that might have benefited me when i first saw the movie i have never i had never heard of this and i saw the movie cold and i was and i also i don't i don't i never had video game consoles as a kid so i don't have nostalgia for like old video game stuff and so the way that the movie has a lot of like old video game stuff baked into it doesn't do anything for me so i just have a weird uh, like i like scott pilgrim but I, it's not as much as i should <laughs> you know sure seems like something that you would it, like i don't have the context is the problem is is i didn't live the kind of life that gave me a lot of this context Okay, video that, game that, context that, that, or any of that yeah. stuff. Yeah. Okay, that makes sense. That makes yeah. sense. Yeah. But I'll rewatch it and may, maybe because like MV Adams, like I was, I always liked MV Adams, <laughs> right from the get go. Well, of course. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. yeah. 
Um, now I'm trying to remember. Are these in color? In my mind, they're black. They're black and white. And white. It's like manga. That's what I was thinking. Yeah, yeah. it's black and white. But the show is in, is in yes. color, so it's like it's like the art, but in color. Yes. So okay. Uh, so I I'm, I can't wait to start watching this. Um, very excited. Uh, Josh, the last one that Josh sent us is something called Deep Sea. It's Chinese. Yeah, this is he said his obscure pick is a Chinese yeah. animated uh, series or movie called Deep Sea. The plot is a girl strays into the dreamy deep sea world. In the deepest part of the sea, all secrets are hidden. So it's it's like a animated movie from China where like a, she goes on a magical undersea adventure. It kind of has Spirited Away vibes. Uh, the animation is very pretty. It's a very gorgeous looking movie. Um, so there's probably some like Chinese mythology baked into here that would be cool to see. Maybe so. Yeah. Yeah. It's just it's visually very good looking. Yeah, it is. Uh, the script it seems it feels very foreign. How it's like not very sophisticated. Uh, just feel, like there's a, there's there's some weird um, chukspa. That foreign that some foreign films have, and it's almost like the foreign blockbusters. And whether it's South Korean, whether it's Chinese, um, or something else, they all they have this similar feel to them. And I'm and I'm thinking maybe stuff from Asia, where it's just it's almost like a little over the top, maybe. Yeah, Eastern storytelling not, is very different than Western storytelling. Yeah, yeah, but 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 the weird thing is is you don't get that in stuff like Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon. So I, I wonder, was Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon done with Western sensibilities? It's an, it, But it's a it's an Asian epic I think the with same, Western sensibilities? Yeah, the same about Jet Li's Fearless, which is a Chinese movie, but I think with Western sensibilities, maybe. Maybe. I don't know. Uh, sometimes it makes me feel like I don't know enough about these things you know like i should be able to i should be able to not just be locked into a western frame of mind and that's why i watched a bunch of bollywood movies but even then it's like they're too long for me even and i like long movies but it's just like and not not a comedy doesn't need to be three and a half hours man are bollywood movies that long all of them they're all three hours I'm really? sure there's a few exceptions, but all the ones that I've watched were like three to four hours. Wow. Okay. Yeah, very long. Just like this episode. God. This is a long yeah. one. Ooh. Well, we had to catch up on a That's lot of true. stuff. Um, so we probably, if you want to suggest, well, first of all, if you want to do Patreon and you want to get in touch with us, you want us to do a, a patron selects, Nick, how would they go about doing this? Well, they can follow us on Instagram at Trailer Blazers Podcast or email email us at trailerblazerspod at gmail.com. The best way to support us and to uh, send us trailers to cover or anything, basically, is to uh, support us on Patreon, which you can do at patreon.com slash trailerblazers or trailerblazerspodcast.com if that's easier for you to remember. Uh, if you have a comment or... Uh, you you want to tell us to do something or sing a song or as long as you don't cuss because we can't p- post it on Apple if you cuss, you can call us and leave a voicemail at 448-488-4328 or hit it Tifa 8. That's hit it Tifa 8. 
if you want to help too, you can rate and review us on Apple Podcasts, which is still a great way for the show to gain traction. If you do that quick, Mickey's going to let you know what happens. Yeah, but I'll say what's going to happen. You leave that fire star writing on there. I'm going to become like a hot man for everybody. I'm just a hot man. But I, what I really need is some hype for, maybe we call it like the quick Mickey corner. And every so often, I'll just be talking to stuff and it'll just be like the quick Mickey corner. And then maybe we find out some other uh, things for the Trailer Blazer, the Quick Mickey Corner, where the Trailer Blazer, we hop up the Trailer Blazer, so they get the five-star rate, the Quick Mickey Corner. The, the, we <laughs> hop it up for the Trailer Blazers and get them a little, you know, exposure, the Quick Mickey Corner. <laughs> to see how that works, you just have to keep doing it over and over again. You have to interject it, you see? That's a, now, that is a style from the 70s, Billy. And you you can learn stuff from the past, but just don't repeat the same mistakes. That is the tip. Thank you, Quick Mickey, the Quick Mickey Corner, effervescent, reticulated, resplendent for the Trailer Blazers. My name is Nick Kelly, and I am never going to a Greek Orthodox wedding. Happy Trailsers. And I'm Ben Moon, and I'm trying to threaten some kids. <laughs> Happy Trailsers. He was in the Amazon with my mom when she was researching Armageddon right before she died.